Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello, Zara. Hello, and hello, producer Annabelle Lee. Hi. Coming up on today's show, oh, Gwyneth, the mm. founder of Goop and lover of rectal ozone therapy, has shared her diet on a wellness podcast, and it sounds like a parody. Plus, Taylor Swift's Eras Tour is here, and it's about as Taylor Swift as you can get. We've found the missing piece of the Law Roach retirement puzzle, and is Emma Chamberlain really charging $10,000 for a DM? But first, Zara McDonald, how was your week? I had a good week. Fabulous. We, we, uh, we turned five, you turned 29. We did turn five. Thank you to the listeners who have been tuning into this shit show for five years. Five years, that's half a decade. <laughs> we will still be here in another half a decade, but it still feels like a long bloody time. Does it feel like a long bloody time to be on this earth 29 years? It really does, but I'm becoming a birthday girl. Good. For my first 28 years of life, didn't really celebrate my birthday. I did celebrate it on Friday. Had a great time with you both. Got a little bit too merry. And now I'm already planning my 30th. I think I'm a birthday girl now. It's it's fun being a birthday person. I'm a birthday person until three hours before my birthday party. <laughs> and then I like capitulate and get really anxious. Because that's when the text messages start coming in like, oh, sorry, can't come tonight. Oh, I've never or, received any of those. Oh, <laughs> stop. I don't know what that's like. I recall you telling me one of the worst like two hour periods of your my life 21st. is before your 21st. Because I was like, why does nobody tell you that everybody cancels? Anyway, this is not about me. It's been your birthday and longtime listeners of the show will know that what we do for each other every birthday is we see how famous we can go. <laughs> we get, get a to, birthday shout To get out. a yeah. birthday message. Now, what's been quite funny and quite humbling over the years is learning <laughs> we can never go that famous. We, we, we have quite a big show. We have quite mm. a big following. Mm. It is remarkable how little of a pull that has when you're trying to chase down people for birthday messages. I guess when we analyze celebrities for a living maybe they either don't like us that much or they stay away from the show i don't even know if it's that or if we're just one of many in a sea of managers <laughs> inboxes so when i thought about today's birthday message i shot really high okay. to start i thought i want to blow this thing out of the water can i guess i want well you can try margot robbie no i didn't go to margot robbie that uh. is true <laughs> I went to a few people. I went to Suki Waterhouse, even though she's my <laughs> That's you. I know, but who cares? I didn't get a reply from my manager. I went to Amelia de Moldenberg. Oh, my God. I love Amelia. I did get a reply from the manager, which I think is a good step. Iconic. And what, the manager said no? No, but please get in touch with other opportunities coming forward. <laughs> and I will. And I thought maybe this for year five is really good progress that we should take note of Amazing. getting a reply from the manager a polite reply tried dev patel oh i love dev patel still no still no but a reply from the manager <laughs> thank you for thinking of him <laughs> if dev's listening i'm always thinking of dev patel alex earl oh i love alex earl didn't get it okay got a reply from the manager <laughs> so thank you must have kept seeing these emails and thinking Oh, Ooh, I've done Alex it. Earl, I got a couple of emails down the track, got put in touch with a few different teams, but it wasn't to be. But we're open to opportunities in the future. <laughs> okay. So I didn't get them, but I did. <laughs> I did do all right. And I did get this. Hey, Michelle, it's Morgan Evans here. Just <laughs> video to wish you the happiest of birthdays today. I hope you're surrounded by people you love, doing things you love. <laughs> 
And uh, I'd also like to invite you out to a show. We're going to be back in Australia later this year. The dates haven't been announced yet, but um, when they are, Zara knows how to get in touch. So uh, please uh, bring Sorry. your family, whoever you want. Uh, we'll hook you guys up with some tickets and backstage passes, and That's I'd love to hang then. But for now, happy birthday. Congratulations on all the success of the podcast. And, uh, yeah. Look forward to seeing you soon. Why do all the men who I get birthday messages for you say, see you soon? <laughs> do you remember Cody Simpson last year? Of course I remember. So it's two male musicians for me yes. in a row. So for those who missed that, that was Morgan Evans. You guys <laughs> might remember a couple of weeks ago we spoke about him on the show. We spoke, spoke about his divorce. His divorce, Kelsey Bellarini, how we actually knew more about Morgan Evans and his song Day Drunk than we did <laughs> Kelsey Bellarini. And now I could see it backstage. <laughs> now you could see it backstage. Now I also thought I was in kind of dire straits where when it came to <laughs> earlier this week because there wasn't much delivering. And so I said to the girls in the office, last year Michelle cheated her way <laughs> through the system and so I did something sneaky to get better content for the show. And I want to say on the record this message is split in two, in two and I'll explain why now. <laughs> okay. Hello, Michelle, darling. This is Lisa Vanderpump. I want to wish you very, very happy birthday, darling. Zara tells me it's your 29th birthday and I know you're going to a pub called Union House in Melbourne. Shout out to Union. Have fun. 29 best days of your life. They really are. Is that the real Lisa? That is the real Shut, shut up. That is the best. Sorry to Morgan Evans. No, that no. Is the best birthday message ever. I know. Did it you pay was pricey. For it? I had to pay for it. I have always thought, we've actually never had rules around this, but the unofficial rules around the birthday message is that you can't pay for them. They have to be organic reach outs using the brand name. You last year decided to pay for a Tom Holland impersonator. <laughs> so I thought if we're opening the wallet, we're opening it properly. How much did we have to well, pay? I wanted to play the rest of the message so it became clear that I did pay for this. Okay. But most importantly, Michelle, Zara booked this cameo and I think she knows that all the money goes to the Vanderpump Dog Foundation. So you, my darling, are saving very people as we speak. I know you absolutely love your dog, Benji, so thank you for worshipping him as he should be. I send you a very big kiss, Michelle. Have a wonderful, wonderful birthday. Lots of love from me and from Zara. I, 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 I really love Lisa Vanderpump. You guys don't understand. I've watched her on so many seasons of Real Housewives and then every season of She's Vanderpump. She's like crying. I actually feel... I'm not kidding. I'm gleeful and She's been clapping the whole time. Do you know every year for your birthday, I have reached out to Lisa Vanderpump's team organically. Never did I realise it would have just been easy to throw the wallet at her. I can't tell you on mic how much I might have spent, but I did clear it with every single member of the office and everyone said, spend the cash. And donate it to dogs. You're you such love a good dogs. friend. I know. You're such good friend. That is actually, I'm not kidding, the best birthday present I've ever gotten. I think, I think not bad. I think we did all right. I think you've nailed it. Sorry, Morgan Evans. I wish I had no. as much glee for you. Also very grateful. Well, yes. Morgan Evans will have to understand that uh, Michelle's watched Real Housewives for her at the entirety of her life. <laughs> so happy birthday. Thank you so Going much. forward, going forward for these birthday messages, you're allowed to get out the wallet if you want. Okay. Price limit? No, yeah, I'll give you a price limit off mine. Um, <laughs> what it, be it'll, be my, it'll be what I spend. But you have to get an organic one. Okay. You have to go organic. Okay. And, and you have to still try for organic. Okay, I I agree to those terms. Okay, I just want. <laughs> She'll to agree s- to anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a recommendation for me just to really pivot back to the real core of the show? I'm going to struggle to get through the rest of the episode now. <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed. But yes, I do. 
I found an article last night. I couldn't find anything during the week that I wanted to recommend. And then I stumbled upon an article in the cut last night that was fascinating. It was headlined, The Man of Your Dreams. For 300 replica cells, an AI companion who will never die, argue or cheat until his algorithm is updated. It was written by Sanjita Singh Kurtz. I've got to say, guys, it is an article all about Replica, this app that you pay for that millions of people around the world are currently using. It only launched a few years ago where you have an AI partner and it's not just an AI bot that responds to you. You can phone call them. You can build a whole life on this app. And I know how futuristic and weird that sounds. It sounds exactly like a 2013 film called Her. That was actually the film that inspired the people who made this app. Wow. And I feel so many things having read it. The journalists spoke to some women who have autism, spoke to some women who have been in abusive relationships, spoke to women from all walks of life. And it was a fascinating read to see that some women have actually really loved building their own partner online and how having a loving partner online has empowered them to either live in the real world and be social in the real world or leave abusive relationships in the real world. Is this the same social media platform? Because I read about something recently that sort of redid its algorithm and a lot of people lost their partners. Yes. So lost their partners was kind of a term used. They were describing it in the article as lobotomized their partners, like softened parts of their personality because some people were using replica in a kind of I don't know, a sometimes awful way. Like they're encouraging their AI partner to be violent or to be incredibly sexual or to be inappropriate. And so Replica was kind of trying to iron out those kinks in the app and the algorithm. What a deeply complicated story. It is so interesting. I felt an equal mix of like weirdness and fascination when I read it. I think there can be really great aspects of apps like this and also really dark aspects. I had no idea that you could phone call a fake partner and have this whole phone relationship with them. And I would just really recommend this piece. It's long, but I was captivated the entire time. It was a fascinating read. AI is in its like slay era. (laughs) (laughs) Chat GPT. Have you used chat GPT? Oh, like for play. I haven't used it. I've had Mitch try and like show me and I'm kind of like, We did like my partner left his job recently. So we did like the joking, like how would chat GPT announce my resignation on LinkedIn? Like you play around with like things like that. I don't think we've ever actually properly used it, but I've played. Annabelle, have you used chat GPT? Oh yes, I have. I have before. Again, just to kind of like mess around with friends. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny, but then also kind of scary. Yeah. In some parts of me are like quite terrified to the point that I don't want to think about it too much. <laughs> so, yeah. So maybe don't read that piece. No, I don't think so. <laughs> what about you? What are you recommending? I want to recommend a piece in the New York Times that I read last week called How to Run a Fashion Magazine in China in 2023. It is a profile on Margaret Zhang, who is, of course, the editor-in-chief of Vogue China. She is Australian. And you guys might remember a couple of years ago, I think I think it was about two years ago exactly when she was announced in that role it was to the surprise of a lot of people in fashion and when I say a lot I would say most she was 
27-year-old Australian who was best known for her photography, for her influencer work, for her fashion blogging and things Mm. like that. She's taken one of the biggest jobs in fashion in the world. And there's just like a really interesting profile of her talking about how she doesn't mind being underestimated at every point because you can kind of just put your head down and do the work. Mm. But there are also really interesting quotes in there as well from the occasional person or two who really rate her but still don't think she's executing the job to the best of her ability yet. It's it's not like this glowing, glowing piece that you come away with that much respect for her and for what she's doing. I read this piece and I thought to myself, I wonder if I'd ever be the kind of person that could take a jump like this Mm. to have so many people express surprise at your appointment in a job and say, no, I'm still going to do it to try to prove them wrong. That level of intimidation for me, I wonder if I've honestly just got it in me. Yeah, I love that she said yes to it. I'm obsessed with the fact that she said yes. Because I think it's such a good marker of character to say, absolutely, I'll try. Yeah, I'll give it a crack. What's the worst thing that could happen? It's also kind of leaving your ego at the door. To be like, if I fail, I fail. It's completely leaving it at the door. And she's by no means failing at all. Yeah, is she's doing like a really solid job. I think what's so good about this profile is to get like a holistic understanding of where she's at and where the job is at and where the magazine is at right now. So really good piece. You won't read my rec, but I will read yours. Uh, okay, but I did get you some good birthday. Messages. You are. I'm still so giddy. Uh, let's jump into the first segment of the show. We are starting, of course, with what was probably one of the most talked about stories of the week it was Gwyneth Paltrow's doctor podcast interview yes and a heads up guys this chat will concern itself with diet culture so if that's not your cup of tea fast forward about 15 minutes but you've probably seen this around everywhere this week because she went on a podcast hosted by will cole now that is a man that gwyneth credits as being her doctor To be clear from the outset, Will Cole is not a medical doctor. He is a functional medical practitioner. That's the word he uses or the phrase he uses for himself. The usage of the word doctor in his podcast and on social media could be considered contentious. He can't diagnose or treat illness. His areas of interest on his website include botanical medicine, natural healthcare, lifestyle counseling, and your body's inherent healing forces. I would say he's an alternative doctor. Yeah, and I think that is an important distinction to make from the top. Now, this interview, Mish, was published on March 13, and it did start to cause huge amounts of controversy when snippets of the show were cut up for TikTok. Mm. The main snippet doing the rounds is this one. I do a nice intermittent fast. I usually eat something about 12. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the morning, I'll have some things that won't spike my blood sugar, right? So I I have coffee, but I really like soup for lunch. Um, I have bone broth for lunch a lot of the days. And then for dinner, I try to eat, you know, according to paleo. So lots of vegetables. It's really important for me to support my detox. Yeah, right. So... (laughs) I listened to this entire interview after seeing this video. It is an hour and six minutes long and it was a bit of a slog for me to get through. I feel like you went through a roller coaster of emotions. In the office, yes, I did for sure. If I was to recap, now that I've listened to the whole thing, if I was to recap the main takeaways about how Gwyneth Paltrow lives in 2023, it would be fasting, lemon water, meditation, celery juice, bone broth, coffee, an hour of exercise, infrared saunas daily, dry brushing and IV as in like getting an IV drip of some kind of vitamins or infusion. She follows the paleo diet. She uses something called rectal ozone 
therapy and there was a conversation about that if you're wondering what the hell rectal ozone therapy is mm, it has been really. <laughs> <laughs> it has been referred to as a reverse fart which is actually kind of the best way to put it i'm seeing zara die behind the microphone they put a certain kind of gas up your bum which according to one medical doctor named Eric Burnett, who works at Columbia University Irving Medical Center, he tweeted about that, thought this went without saying, but friendly reminder to not put ozone up your rectum. It's so interesting because a lot of this does feel like what a parody of Gwyneth Paltrow would say, or it feels very like four to five years ago. I sort of feel like Gwyneth Paltrow when she was really... I would say in her goop era, she's constantly in her goop era, she runs the business, but goop was far more public and far more known for these sort of wacky things mm. a few years ago. I feel like she's sort of been more private about her, I guess, quote unquote, health journey in the years since. I mean, don't forget goop and Gwyneth was sued for certain things as yeah, well. Yeah. So I was surprised to hear her come out again given what she knows about the controversy that she stirs up. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder if she's stopped saying these things or if we kind of just got igno- tired of it. Did, have we just ignored it? I she has so. not been on my radar at all. Has she been on yours? It, during COVID, I remember she popped up with a few interesting things during oh, she the said lockdown. she was the first person to, to wear, wear a mask. mask. Yeah. She said some interesting things then. I think we were so distracted by like real world problems that we all turned our back to what Gwyneth was saying. And now we're all prepared to tune back into the rectal ozone therapy. We got time. We got time. Now, I do think it's helpful context to know that Gwyneth explains at the beginning of this interview that she became addicted and obsessed to wellness after her dad died quite prematurely of cancer in 2002. This is where it all started for her. Her dad died of mouth and throat cancer. And she explained in the podcast that when he died of those cancers, she started to think about how she could control her health and how literally what she's putting in her mouth and what she's putting in her body could control her future. And I think that's a very layered and very complicated backstory to Gwen's health journey. This has now been going on for 21 years that she's been on this wellness journey. I just think it's important to include that because Gwyneth does say she's obsessed with this stuff. And I think that story is good context for it. I also don't think many people tell that story. And it is, as you say, incredibly late and complicated. And there are the obvious caveats of like, of course, food can't just heal yourself from things or prevent Mm. things from happening. But, you know. It's It's also good to eat healthy. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly right. It doesn't not matter either. Anyway, onwards. Yeah. Now, as you might expect, people have been calling out her comments on this podcast as dangerous. We have known for a while that Group and Gwyneth can veer into dangerous, wacky wellness territory. But for sure, this did feel like maybe a further step into the concept of deprivation, I think was the main thing about this interview. TikTok in particular is calling Gwyneth an almond mum. If you're not familiar with that term, it's one that she and Yolanda Hadid, the mother of Bella and Gigi, have become the faces of recently. Almond mum essentially describes the kind of mother or woman who puts their own body issues, their own diet issues onto the people around around them, particularly their children, particularly when it comes to the idea of deprivation, of starving themselves or not eating enough. What I did find fascinating is this noise got so loud. And I feel like Gwyneth Paltrow would be used to noise. Mm. I don't think she could care about noise at this Mm. point in her career. Got so loud that she got on her Instagram stories, right? And acknowledged what had been going on and what was being said about her. This is what she said. I have long COVID, so I have been... And the way it manifests for me is 
very high levels of inflammation over time. So I've been working with Dr. Cole to really focus on foods that aren't inflammatory, right? So lots of vegetables, cooked vegetables, all kinds of protein, healthy carbs to really lower inflammation. And um, it's been working really well. This is, you know, based on my medical results, um, extensive testing that I've done. This was a transparent look at a conversation between me and my doctor. It's not meant to be advice for anybody else. Right. So, I mean, one thing I need to say, Gwyneth just said in that snippet that this was all in a diet and wellness routine in response to long COVID. Unless I lost concentration for a second when I was listening to this hour and six minutes, I did not hear the term long COVID used once. And even if it was, I'm not sure it changes anything. If she did introduce her diet and wellness practices in conjunction with her long COVID diagnosis, I would also say, Will Cole has told us he cannot diagnose or treat medical illnesses. So he's not the person to be helping Gwyneth with long COVID anyway. Regardless, I think there's a lot of things going on in my mind now that I've listened. I want to get your thoughts on it too. I have so many complicated thoughts about it. I think as I sit here... I will never tell anyone how to like live their lives. Like if, if this is truly how she wants to live her life and how she wants to consume stuff, I mean, I desperately hope that she's not putting that on other people because it's quite, as you say, a restrictive way to live her life, primarily her children. I think that would be incredibly tough to hear. But it's sort of how I feel about maybe when we spoke about Khloe Kardashian a year or two ago and we had that conversation about Photoshop and it's like, it's okay for you to have these kind of layered relationships, be it with your body or with food or whatever it might be, but to put that on other people and to share your experience under the guise of just sharing your story, it's dismissive and I think it's offensive because it's like, you can't be that famous and say you're just sharing your story and just sharing your journey with food Mm. because it's not that simple. People can listen and people do listen listen and you're normalizing stuff that doctors largely say you shouldn't be normalizing yeah so I wouldn't say I'm sitting here in like a a fury of outrage I do find it interesting that still in 2023 we're getting the excuse of but I'm just I'm sharing my journey with long COVID because at the end of the day no one's demanding that you you say this publicly if this is the way that you want to treat it that's fine but keep it to yourself yeah it's such an interesting one because for five years I think I've gone on this show and said can't public figures just stop speaking about this stuff people find it harmful so just stop telling us what you're eating stop talking about your diet Gwyneth's never gonna stop like she's been talking about this now for 15 years we have no control over what Gwyneth chooses to do we can control how we respond to it I think in myself I'm trying to figure out exactly how much harm is caused by interviews like this I know that what Gwyneth is saying can be harmful to people for sure But so much of what Gwyneth is talking about in this interview and in the video snippet that's gone viral is completely unattainable for the average person anyway. Most of it's about IV drips and about ridiculously expensive supplements the average person can't afford. Do I genuinely think that is inflicting harm upon young people? I'm genuinely not sure. I think Gwyneth can be a way for us to feel control over a very amorphous, uncontrollable situation that is diet culture. I see what you're saying. I do. But I think what maybe the way that I look at it is not like that there are a whole bunch of young girls who are going to go out there. And I say young girls because I think we can say pretty confidently that young girls are pretty... Demographic that struggle. Yeah, for sure. I don't think they're looking at this saying, well, I need an IV drip and I need bone broth and all of these things that are quite expensive. They can hear this message and maybe 
maybe the subliminal message that they get is I can talk about food like this under the guise of health. And if I'm eating this restricted, I can tell people it's for health Mm -hmm. and I can tell this story and frame this story around my relationship with food. And that's the thing that I probably struggle with the most rather than the specifics of like rectal ozone therapy. Yeah. Like how many people are actually going to do that? I don't think that's too much of a worry. I think that's a fair point. What I would say is someone who struggled with unhealthy eating and disordered eating for a couple of years in my late teens and early 20s is that number one, I don't think young women are looking to Gwyneth Paltrow. I really don't. No, but I think it's just these narratives. She's just emblematic of like one of many. A wider culture, for sure. But also number two, unfortunately, I do think people can find this stuff. If you are struggling with this stuff, you don't need Gwyneth Paltrow on a wellness podcast to speak about it. You will go find the damaging content. It's the internet. It is everywhere. I'm just saying, I'm not saying I don't think this is harmful. I think it is. How harmful do I think it is? I'm genuinely not sure. Sometimes I do think we come down particularly hard on women. And this is a point that Gwyneth makes in the interview, which I found interesting. We come down particularly hard on women for talking about their diet when plenty of male celebrities, plenty of fitness celebrities who are male speak about this stuff and don't cop even a tenth of the flack that Gwyneth does. She seems to be a convenient or easy punching bag, I think, for a much wider problem for me. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think we've said that in a few different instances on the show recently to be like, are these people just like punching bags for wider problems? But I think it's hard for us to have conversations if we actually don't have faces to them. Like Mm -hmm. if we don't have a key face for us to kind of make this commentary about them, the whole thing falls flat and we never have the conversation ever. I think the conversation about gender is definitely relevant. I would say maybe it's like 5% relevant. Like I do think there's something that people find gleeful about pulling down like this beautiful blonde actress Mm. who's like being a bit dumb and silly and everyone's Mm. like how idiotic is that that said it would be remiss of us to not acknowledge how much fucking money Gwyneth Paltrow has made off this narrative too and this rhetoric and she's built an entire business around this so when men talk about food sure I would agree that they probably wouldn't cop the same level of vitriol that she does but she's someone that's made this here in entire career and her entire business and is profiting off it too Mm. one thing I was going to say before I'd listened to the whole podcast was that my main takeaway was I find it really depressing that Gwyneth lives this way is really depressing to me now that I've listened to it I realize she is extremely happy with the way she's living she fucking loves it Sarah is that just not like patronizing from all of us because it's like I love food and I am so happy I don't think that narrative is actually particularly helpful either no I was going to get on here and be like how depleting and hollow and empty that anyone lives this way it's not for me let me tell you i would would be very depleted for sure and very empty if i lived this way but she does love it and she has loved it for two decades now i will say i found it very interesting that one of the main most popular videos to go viral about this whole thing that got over half a million likes was from one tiktok user at american re sister now she got on camera and essentially said look at me, I am five years younger than Gwyneth Paltrow. There's only five years of age between us, but look how great I look. Look how healthy and nourished I look. The quote was, I know I'm fat, but guess what? My cholesterol is good. My blood pressure is good. And my skin is beautiful. I have one age spot because I eat food. Now, this is a really complicated terrain to get into because it's essentially one woman comparing her skin and how, I don't know, her visual of vitality to another But I do think Gwyneth's original video went viral in part because of the visual of it. People literally saw her hooked up to an IV. She's hooked up to an IV. She does this interview and she does look tired. Now, that 
optic i think is exactly why this video went viral and as complicated as that is to think that we're comparing two women to each other i think that's also potentially good that young women on tiktok who might be seeing this video are seeing another version of health and going you know what i can nourish my body i don't need to be starving myself and i can look the way that I aspire to. I think so much of this unfortunately comes down to a beauty ideal. And just like what we speak about with sunscreen, protecting you from age spots and aging and whatever. Unfortunately, I think the beauty ideal is one of the most powerful messages to come out of this as well. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think it's like the one good part about any of this is as you say that a video like that can get 500,000 likes for people to see that health can look like so many different yes, things. And yeah. that hasn't been a conversation that any of us have had very well over the course of the last 100 years yeah. I would say that we never put different faces to what healthy looks like yeah. so if that is the positive coming out of this and if the wave of commentary is the positive and if she has to be the face of that conversation well unfortunately I think she made herself the face of it Coming up after the break, Taylor Swift's Eras Tour is here and is Emma Chamberlain really charging $10,000 for a private DM? But first, a word from today's sponsor. And now it is time for the quick and dirty. As always, we bring you the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Some might call it the Rafle and Tumble. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle. Oh, she liked that one, Andrew. <laughs> what do you got for me? Why did I like that so much? My first story, Taylor Swift launches Eras Tour with three hour, 44 <laughs> song set. That is from the BBC. Guys. This is my entire TikTok for my you page. My whole feed. Same as you, Annabelle? Yes, absolutely. A takeover. I honestly feel like I've almost now seen footage of every single It's kind song. of annoying. I've, I've started just swiping through. Like oh, I've just flicking through because I don't want to spoil it. I'm praying. Exactly. I'm praying that she is coming to Australia and you bet your ass if she does I will be there and I'm not ruining it for myself well I've ruined it for myself I can really <laughs> tell you everything about the whole thing now Taylor Swift as we've been mentioning did launch her first tour in more than five years aptly named the Errors Tour in Glendale Arizona over the weekend why is Glendale the place that you're launching? Well, I read recently, not in relation to Taylor Swift, but that artists generally try to launch their tours in more obscure cities so that they don't have reviewers around a lot, like in New York ah. and LA, so you can kind of find your feet. And gotcha. then you go to like the real spots. That said, all eyes were on Glendale, Arizona. Or and also no offence to any listeners from Glendale, Arizona. Arizona, <laughs> as they're calling it now because of the Errors Tour. Glendale was officially renamed Swift City for the two days that she played. <laughs> Again, no offence to Glendale, Arizona. I do find that a bit embarrassing, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Now, as we said as well, she played 44 tracks and sang for about three hours and 15 minutes without a break to about 80,000 fans. On that first night, I know she works hard, but this is pretty astronomical. Yeah, I I felt a little bit of anxiety rise in my chest when I read that she was doing a forty four song set that went for more than three hours. 
I'm worried she's going to lose her voice. Yes. I'm I would also, lose my voice. I was so happy for the people who were there and I was so happy for her that she was working so hard. I did get mildly concerned that she's not going to make it to Australia if she's singing yeah. three hours every night. What I did do, though, was jump on her website when I was feeling this concern and check how many dates she's playing a week. Yes, good. Okay, and how many? she's playing primarily Friday and Saturday nights, the odd Sunday night as well and the occasional Thursday, but she's never <laughs> playing more than three nights in a week. Okay. I used to look at Harry Styles' schedule because it used to stress me out and it was a little bit busier. So I think they've got to be conscious of the voice, surely. I, I mean, swear she wouldn't be talking in between. I don't think I don't she'd think be talking she, in between shows. Yeah. She'd be like drinking honey tea and that's Vocal it. rest, I think they yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. I think Our they professional might. vocalist, Annabelle <laughs> Now, The Guardian gave her five stars for the show in their review titled Pop's Hardest Working Star Gives Errors to Her All. I loved this part of their piece that read, save for a few numbers, it was a less heavily choreographed routine than the reputation tour. A good thing. Oh, I love that. I tour. know you're the only person <laughs> in the world that did. No, more an enthusiastic acting out by Swift of each of her songs, as if engaging in a dead serious karaoke battle with each of her screaming fans <laughs> for 44 straight songs. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that observation. It is so bang on. The Times also gave her five stars, saying the Errors Tour is a pop genius at the top of her game. We are living oh. in the Taylor Swift. Era. It makes my heart sing almost as much as Elisa Vanderpump birthday message <laughs> does. I've got to say, I've seen moments from this. Like, I couldn't avoid it when I opened my phone on Saturday morning. But the moment where she dives into the stage and then there's a graphic of her swimming up yeah, and then she rises amazing. up onto a cloud iconic so cool also sexy taylor when she's singing with her high boots on and her like sexy and little on leotard on a chair yeah. with all the girls dancing on chairs around her you have been watching michelle I, of course, Annabelle, have you met me? of course i have i was watching so much i needed to stop i cannot wait for her to come here i like folklore taylor as well in the big yeah. flowy dresses yeah. when she's singing like august it's amazing i just am constantly surprised by taylor swift i will say that yeah. i am constantly impressed by the level with which she wants to put into her career i simply would not have the energy but that is why i am not taylor swift she's amazing our second story bad bunny seemingly shades kendall jenner's ex devon booker in new song that is from page six i will be brutally honest with the people i've heard bad bunny's name floating around i do not feel like i'm a cool enough person to be adequately across bad bunny as a celebrity. Yeah, I don't know heaps about Bad Bunny. Neither. Okay, cool. We're all, all right. the same. We're all <laughs> that's, all, that's, that's all good. It's a safe space here. Now, but in case you missed it, sounds like Kendall Jenner is dating Bad Bunny. It is hard to take him seriously. I don't like the name Bad Bunny. I, I don't love it, but that's okay. They have been spotted together a little bit over the last month that they've been spotted smooching, which I think is a fair indication that it's romantic, not platonic. She split from NBA player Devin Booker at the end of last year. They dated for a couple of years. Now fans think that Bad Bunny took a shot Devin Booker in his oh, new that's song. That's so bad. Yeah. Bad, that's bad. The baddest of bunnies. That bad little bunny. Now, <laughs> it's getting weird now. It's getting. <laughs> I just don't like the name. Who came up with that? As it sounds like a female singer, I'd say as well. Bad, bad bunny. Because well, it sounds. It reminds bad me of Bad Barbie. Bad Barbie, which I called once. Bad baby. Bad baby. Anyway, <laughs> do you remember that? Obviously, you do. Bad baby. Not only that, we've said bad baby for an entire episode. <laughs> and, then never... and the listeners had to be like, what pop culture experts are you? Well, yeah, it's like when we use the word viscount instead of viscount. Or the one like... Oh, yeah, my mum's never forgiven me for pronouncing vermouth vermouth. It's like, 
fuck off. It's a tough job sometimes. <laughs> I don't know every word in the universe. And you know what? I have never done this show and purported to. The mouth. Anyway. <laughs> The Baddest of Bunny is featured on a new song called Coco Chanel, where he reportedly sings this in Spanish. I'm not bad, baby. That's a gimmick. But the Puerto Rico sun is warmer than the one in Phoenix. Ooh. How's that a diss, you say? Well, Michelle knows. Annabelle might need help. Do you? I need help, please. She needs help. Well, Devin Booker plays basketball for the Phoenix Suns. Ooh. I would say that's a definite diss. Now, in a bit of a plot twist, it kind of looked like Devin Booker responded to this. There's this Instagram page called Reggaeton that essentially posted about the song and said like, oh, Bad Bunny shades Devin Booker with this lyric. And then Devin Booker commented, he worried about another man again. Uh, I don't really know what it means. Oh, could have been stronger, Devin. <laughs> could have been stronger. You could have commented anything and you go for he worried about a another man. man in capital letters again. I don't really know what it means, <laughs> but it feels messy. It does. It feels messy. He also <laughs> deleted it. So, yeah, maybe maybe we'll update you on the goings on with the baddest bunny. And, <laughs> and the kindlest of Jenners. <laughs> <laughs> you loved that. She liked that one. Michelle's giving me a clap. Lots of clapping for me today. <laughs> Honestly, like a four-year-old just sitting in her seat being fed jelly. I will love you guys more than ever after <laughs> Lisa's message. All right, our third story. Law Roach denies telling former client Priyanka Chopra she's not sample-sized. That is from E! News. Speaking at South by Southwest Film Festival on Friday, Priyanka Chopra Jonas told a story about what had happened to her just the day before, which she said rocked her self-confidence. Here's a snippet of her telling that story. I've been told many things which are very difficult to hear. And in my job, the pressure is so intense that you can't really show the chinks in your armor. Like I can't arrive here with like feeling crappy because somebody told me, you know, yesterday that I wasn't sample size. Like I, I should, be crying and I, I was hurt and I discussed it with my family and I cried to my husband and my my team and I felt really bad about the fact that I'm not sample size is a problem apparently. All right so that's how she told the story and it's quite interesting to me because she didn't name who she was talking about right no one named celebrity stylist turned retired celebrity stylist Law Roach as the person who made the comment. Law Roach, of course, is in the headlines in the last week or two after he retired from celebrity styling a day or two after the Oscars. Now, we do know that Law Roach and Priyanka Chopra Jonas had worked together the day before, but I would argue that she would have worked with a lot of people to put together clothes. So there are a lot mm. of people who could have made this comment to her. What is fascinating is the day after these comments were made by Priyanka Chopra Jonas and the day after she told this story, Law sat down with the Cuts editor, Lindsay Peoples, to kind of do a sit-down interview about what he meant when he said he was retiring and to clarify a few things, particularly, you know, his relationship with Zendaya. And in that piece, Lindsay Peoples asked him 
what it was like when you read things like what Priyanka Chopra Jonas said about you. Mm. And I was like, how fascinating. <laughs> because I was like, he could probably, if Law wanted to, probably could have just said that wasn't about me. Yeah, That's he could have just feigned ignorance, even if he knew exactly what But Priyanka he didn't. He, to that question, he said, it was a little bit hurtful in a way that it ended up in the press, you know, because that wasn't the real conversation. I've never had that conversation with her ever. So again, it's her gatekeepers, how they presented what I said to her to make her feel that way and if that made her feel bad that wasn't it was taken out of context I'm sure it was taken out of context to get her to be like oh okay I'm not working with him no more he is insensitive to my body which I am like how is that possible I've been dressing you literally pre-pandemic and it's nothing but great things how fascinating what a communication breakdown And I think this is Law's whole shtick, right? I would really recommend this interview that he did with Lindsay Peoples. It's pretty long, but it's really, really interesting. We'll put a link in our show notes because the entire piece when he talks about why he's retiring from celebrity styling comes down a lot to gatekeepers. He talks constantly about these gatekeepers, which are, of course, the people that separate him from his client, agents, managers, those kinds of people. Mm. And that's why he said so many of these relationships have broken down because there are so many people working on the one team that he's finding it too difficult and he is often made to look like the bad guy in this case that's what he's arguing with Priyanka Chopra Jonas Mm. he did go on to say about Priyanka I was really surprised I love Priyanka when you were around her there's only so many women in this industry that have that thing I am constantly inspired by women and she has this thing that's very old Hollywood Sophia Loren it drives me crazy she has a twinkle she has a wiggle and I love her like even as a person So obviously no bad blood there from his end. Do you think? I don't think he would have been saying this publicly if there was no bad blood. I think there is bad blood. (laughs) Sorry, I was just trying to... (laughs) Saying something you don't believe. (laughs) What a shock. (laughs) Happens to us all the time. I think there is bad blood. He said it. He's come out and said, like, I was surprised. It's been hurtful. And then it's gone, oop need to add a little sugar in to kind of soften that blow yeah maybe I don't maybe you're right maybe when you have to go and belt but then I do think sorry I'm going around I'm actually going around in circles here you do know that even when people aren't feuding Mm. but the media are making them out to look like they're feuding they come out really emphatically to say we love each other because Mm. they're trying to get ahead of the narrative Mm. I don't think these two like love 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 each other but I do believe that Laura Rich still has respect for Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Yeah, I'm guessing people in his industry, in her industry, must have been connecting his name to the story behind closed doors. It's not like there were media articles saying Law Roach body shamed Priyanka Chopra, but clearly there was enough commentary about this that he felt compelled to address it publicly to the cut. For sure. Our fourth story. Emma Chamberlain closed her online store after getting slammed for charging fans $10,000 for an Instagram DM from her. That is from BuzzFeed. All right, lots going on in this story, I gotta say. Lots <laughs> it's going, going on. viral online. Yeah, and there have been lots of moving parts and lots of changing headlines. So let's set the scene. You're the boss, take us through it. This all started on the weekend, right? When a 23 year old grad student by the name of Layla Saliba posted a screenshot of what she said was Emma Chamberlain's online merch store, where she said that. Emma Chamberlain was charging $10,000 for a personalised DM. Now, the specific writing on this sort of screenshot was, personal thank you note from Emma in Instagram DM for a cool $10,000. Not the Emma I know. No, she wouldn't. There was also an option at the bottom of this purchase thing for a payment plan, which was $902 a month for about a year. <laughs> Bargain. Bargain. Now, everyone was quite 
shook by this, right? Yeah. The tweet that Layla posted on Twitter got 5,000 likes. I then saw a follow-up TikTok where somebody else was talking about this. That had nearly 200,000 likes. And when Ooh. all of this kind of blew up, Emma Chamberlain's store went under construction. Not very good for brand and also confusing for brand because Emma Chamberlain seems like one of the more cool paired back influences. And I would say cool paired back influences are not of the... Is it giving cameo? Cameo. <laughs> Pay nothing, me. Nothing wrong with cameo. <laughs> yeah, like if that's how you want to get your money, get your money. But it's that's not more on the, brand. I would say that's more the reality TV crowd than the Emma Chamberlain, I do the Vogue Met Gala coverage crowd. Correct. And there was like one of the top comments on this video on TikTok that I saw had seven and a half thousand likes, which was, this doesn't even seem like the Emma Chamberlain I know and it makes me so sad. Fair. And Accurate. everyone was like, is this real? It was all in the branding of Emma Chamberlain's merch store. Mm. And so everybody started running with this. And then eventually Emma Chamberlain's team gave a statement to Mashable saying this is not real. It was sort of like an online test we were running. Emma knew nothing about it. I'm going to read <laughs> you out the statement. It's really long and windy. Okay. But I don't know how else to paraphrase it. Okay. Gotcha. There have been false and inaccurate claims that Emma Chamberlain was offering DMs in exchange for 10K. As background, in 2018, Emma's merch company was testing a prospective reward program related to Emma's merch without her knowledge. In testing, they created an outrageous, never activated reward level that was not intended to be active or purchased. These reward ideas were never run by Emma since they were not meant to be available for sale or reward, but simply intended for internal testing purposes. Stay with me. What we suspect is that the data was activated and crawled by Google's SEO indexing what? system and discovered by an individual who then began spreading false information to press outlets. This was never made public and was certainly never planned to be sold or purchased. This test program was never discoverable on the main page or product listing website, which is another reason Emma had no knowledge of this. Uh and I, that is correct from my digging. It is correct that from my understanding anyway, this wasn't on the website, but you could get a direct URL to it. Does that make sense Look, to you? I'm trying to think how I really feel about this. On one side, I believe it because it's so hard for me to wrap my head around that this is a branding decision Emma Chamberlain would make. I agree. So on one hand, I'm like, it doesn't sound like something she would do and even though I don't know her from a bar of soap, I have watched her content for years and this feels like such a left field decision. It makes sense that she knew nothing about it. On the other hand, I am suspect. Like, are they trying to bamboozle us with such a grand <laughs> amount of detail that we just be like, that sounds legit? Well, that's exactly right. When excuses are this long and windy, I'm usually like, what are we talking about? It's giving like lie after lie after lie after lie. But in this case, I actually believe this to be true because yeah. it's so off-brand and so something that I can't imagine her Emma doing. or her team approving that the only explanation is the wildest one. You know what this is giving? It's giving <laughs> someone who works in IT who was tasked with like building out this merch website five years ago and as a dummy was like, and here's something you could offer to Emma's team. I and agree. And then Emma's team would look at that and be like, 
that's hilarious. We would never do that. Or it's like not important. Like what the content is not important. It's the way that the website or that sort of product was built. It's an example. And then someone who somehow came across the back end of this website saw it, went, that's fucking weird. Is she planning on releasing this? Sent it to a friend. That friend then sent it on. It ended up on Reddit, then ended up in the media. I think it's gotten out somehow. But I agree with you. I don't think any celebrity as well is doing personalised DMs. Like, not to get really granular about this. But, like, I don't... prove it's them. It's not valuable. It's not valuable. So mm. I don't think that this was ever intended to be real. But boy, the headlines got me because I was like, is she actually doing this? And boy, I reckon Emma would be one, embarrassed that this has happened. And two, if they, this Mad. was me, I'd be angry. Mad. I'd be angry to be like, this is sloppy. And <laughs> it, it actually sloppy. looks really shit. Like if it you're does. a person trying to curate a personal brand all about being authentic and awkward and funny and anxious... This is the worst possible thing you could do for brand. And some people won't realise that there's been a correction to the narrative. I still love you, Emma. I'll still back you. (laughs) Anyway, an an interesting story nonetheless. Yeah, guys, we got there. Our fifth and final story for today's episode. Rupert Murdoch to marry for fifth time at 92. I knew this would be my last. That is from The Guardian. Well... (laughs) <laughs> Found a way to get my boy in here. <laughs> you you didn't even have to fight for this one. We know that you love the Murdoch family. or Love. You love to hate. You. Love with an asterisk, for God's sake. <laughs> you love to hate them. But you brought this to me and said, what do you think? A little nervously. And I said, no, absolutely. It's going in the episode. Great. So less than a year after it was announced that Rupert Murdoch and Jerry Hall were divorcing, 92-year-old Rupert Murdoch is engaged again to announce the news he's done an exclusive interview with his own newspaper, The New York Post. (laughs) This time, he is marrying 66-year-old Anne Leslie Smith, a former police chaplain and widow of a TV exec. Yeah, they got engaged on my birthday, so hooray for the 17th of March. I did love this (laughs) quote that Rupert told The Post. He said, I was very nervous. I dreaded falling in love, despite the fact it's been 10 months since his divorce, but I knew this would be my last it better be i'm happy we're both looking forward to spending the second half of our lives together (laughs) sorry he's 92 yeah look (laughs) i don't want to in any way be ageist or anything like that but are you living a another 92 years 184 years old Rupert Murdoch if anyone's gonna do it that'd be Rupert Murdoch I'm I'm not sold on it being physically possible at this point (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. I'm just trying to work <laughs> He's finding he's a thousand percent going to freeze himself. Oh, he's he's going to be in a cryo oh, chamber. Man. He's still running the business at 92. He doesn't trust any of his kids clearly to take over yet. So he's he's still shooting his shot at the business. He might as well shoot his shot at marriage as well. They plan to get married in the American summer. So we could be seeing a wedding in a few months time and leslie smith told the paper i speak rupert's language we share the same beliefs (laughs) wonderful (laughs) just wonderful stellar beliefs to share i'm sure I wouldn't be yelling that too loudly if I was Anne Leslie Smith. <laughs> I wouldn't be married quieter. <laughs> all right, that's all we got. <laughs> Guys, that is actually all we've got for today. 
Exciting news though on Friday, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow. What's coming Ooh, out, Annabelle? Season three of Everybody Has a Secret, baby. Everybody yeah. has a secret, guys. It's bloody good. It is incredibly good. And I know none of us <laughs> saying that is particularly modest, but it's a great season. The first episode is called The Brother. The Brother. And we'll leave it there. We're going to leave it yes, there. That's it. It's juicy AF. It is <laughs> juicy. We have some new rotating guests on the show. Annabelle, you're as good as ever. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> On the top of her game. <laughs> and uh, listen to that tomorrow. In the meantime, you know where to find us. We are on Instagram at Shameless Podcast, on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. Yeah, the way to support out Shameless Media shows, which is both Shameless Podcast and Everybody Has a Secret, is to follow us on the podcast app you're currently listening. Give eHass a good launch day. Yeah. Go follow them and then shoot us up the charts. We'd be very grateful. Yeah, we absolutely would. All right, back in your ears on uh, Monday. Monday. Sorry, book club. Oh, yep. Sorry. It's the ending Sorry. that never ends. That was my bad. I should have said. <laughs> I was Annabelle's job. Book club Saturday. Scandal Monday. Goodbye. Bye bye. Shameless media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.